Jesus, Jesus, Jesus likes girls. Jesus, 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 Jesus likes girls. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus likes girls. In the world. All right, let's not even go there. Moving on. Welcome to Jesus Likes Girls. <laughs> I'm Zena, Warrior Princess for Jesus. I'm Shay Shay O'Casey, and I can't do an Irish accent. I'm Shay Shay O'Casey. You can't either. <laughs> Worst Irish accent ever. You cannot either. Hello, lads. No, oh. it's like a Grammy. <laughs> wow. I'm uh, actually surprised. I thought unable. you had more thespian skills than that. Seriously. Really? Well, That's just... disappointing for me. <laughs> and me. And so, the audience. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> but especially, I'm sorry to myself. <laughs> so today we're talking about our favorite kinds of Christians. My favorite kind of Christian? Yeah. Non-binary? They're, those are your favorite kind? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> I meant to say non-gender specific. I love that moment. <laughs> You know, my favorite kind of Christians are the non-binary Christians. <laughs> They've got Jesus down pat. Non-gender Shea specific. <laughs> Go ahead, Shay Shay O'Casey. My favorite kind of Christian is honestly my favorite type of person, which okay. is a person who doesn't give a fuck. Ah, that is my favorite type of Christian. The no fucks Christian. Yeah. Hard to find very hard to find but when i do i hold on to them <laughs> i never let them go i'll follow that motherfucker till the end of the earth it's pretty much true <laughs> like you're my hero you're my hero i bow down i worship you you're my golden calf <laughs> okay christian doesn't give a fuck first person that comes to my mind and the more <laughs> and the mott see one of my all-time favorites. She stormed the world by not giving a fuck. I know. She took over. Just be like, oh, guess what, I'm a Christian, and fuck you. Basically. Yeah. And people were like, excuse me? You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put you on every writer's covers from here to Toledo. Best, world's best, one of the world's best-selling authors. Yes. In Christian circles, no less. <sighs> it's kind of amazing. Well, you know, she has a... Humility to her that's just like uh, Tina Fey's. But what's up with those dreads? You have always been hung up with those. They're bad. <laughs> well, she talks about them. She does? Yeah. She, what does she say? I, I can't grow my hair any other way. I this is a wig cap? Oh, what my God. What does she say? I think it's in Bird by Bird. I'm pretty sure it is. What does she say? Tell and, me. And bird I've read bird. bird by Bird. Well, I missed this part. <laughs> Well, in your free time, you can Google it. She talks about relinquishing having to do her hair. Her oh. hair as like a beauty symbol. So it wasn't that she was attracted to necessarily the look of dreads. It was more just stepping away from the assault on her livelihood, which was trying to do her hair every day. Remember when I had dreads? <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh my god! In Zena's defense, this 
she's obsessed with kind of the Rastafarian lifestyle. And in her soul of souls, she wants to be a beachcomber, just living her life in the sun. I have nothing to say for myself. So when did you have dreads? I got dreads when I lived in Ferndale, like professionally put in. Oh, I don't think, I didn't know you then. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I would really probably back then would have just thought you were my progressive friend or something. Oh, God. It's all right. No, no, it wasn't. But anyways, moving on. Anne Lamott. How did, oh, Because she doesn't give a fuck. You know, because she really, the people that behave like they don't give a fuck, they do. They care a lot, but about things that matter. They don't care about the superfluous stuff that we normal people get hung up on. And it's, it's true. It's they, liberating. They it's just liberating like, for me to be around. Out? And I, I compared Anne Lamott to Tina Fey because she's she is like that in her transparency of herself. She's like, it's just the simple everyday things. Like, yes, I'm sitting down eating a bucket of chocolate. Who cares? A middle aged. They just put their lives out there and they talk about their struggles as everyday people. They're both really, really lovable. Tina Fey and Anne Lamott both represent womanhood really accurately, I I feel. Wow, I don't see them that way at all. I don't see them as lovable. Really? No. What's your perception of them? Um I the dreads is a hung hang up for you. I see both of them as brilliant and not as lovable. But maybe Interesting. Um, yeah, I see them both as kind of uh, women who are way ahead of their peers and their place in society, you know? Well, they both are really successful. Yep, they're both successful. Yeah, I just don't see them as, like, people who'd want to give me a hug or anything like that. Maybe we have different ideas of lovableness. Yeah, I I don't... When I I say lovable, I think relatable. I literally feel like um, Liz Lemon... Tina Fey's character in 30 Rock is my best friend who we just haven't met yet. I see. <laughs> and, and I think in real life, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey would both, we would be like the threesome, like the three best friends club. If we met each other, we would all this, love each other. You'd, you'd have like weird FOMO and you'd be like, I are they would. hanging out with me? They're making a TV show and they didn't invite me and you'd, yeah. you'd be freaking out. It would be a problem. It would not be cool. But I'm used to it. I like always have three some <laughs> friends and so it's like whatever okay tina and amy it's uh, happening again right it gotta work on way. my issues <laughs> it would be that way for you <laughs> Okay, so your who do, who are some of your favorite Christians? Well, we kind of let the cat out of the bag already. It was Anne Lamott. No, it was Tina Fey. No, uh, somebody with dreads. Bob Marley. All Rastafarians. Oh, those are your favorite Christians. They're my favorite Christians. Oh, and I just have always envied and obviously wanted to emulate <laughs> Rastas. <laughs> It's like the mecca of lifestyles, really. Is it, though? I don't know, actually. Well, I did. I did take a dive into Rastafarianism this past few days just to learn a little bit more about them. You did? I did. Well, there's a couple of things that happened first. (laughs) I have no idea what you're going to (laughs) say. First... First, I went the podcast route because, you know, I'm an auditory learner. It's my favorite way to learn is listening. It's like, hell, yeah, I can just start typing in Rastafarian and find some podcasts. Okay. Apparently, Rastas aren't that into podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Shocking, I know. 
yeah. Uh, there, none of us are surprised. There are there are like literally no podcasts by Rastas. I have never envisioned a Rastafarian sitting in front of a mic. <laughs> When I see one, it's on a beach. It's some guy. It's usually a man. I don't know if I know many. I don't know many Rastafarians. What am I talking about? I don't know any. Well, slowly it dawned on me. I'm like, hmm, shocker here. Rastas aren't interested in podcasting. And so, and then I found one and I was like, yes. And each episode was like, uh origins, uh, lifestyle, diet. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm about to tear this up with some Rasta knowledge and just put it in my soul. So then I take a closer look and I realize each episode is two to three minutes long. What? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds Rasta. Totally. In my perception of Rasta, that's it. It was like, hey man, I'm going to talk to you about, this is another bad accent moment it's better than the irish one i'm gonna talk to you about dreadlocks or something and then there's like three sentences and it was like bless up and then it was out (laughs) i was like that's amazing shit these people are epic and so i had to give up on the i had to abandon my podcast hopes and then i went to wikipedia which was slightly more helpful I learned a couple of things there that most Rastas don't vote, mm. that they stay out of what they call politics. <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting to say that since before we sat down. Politics. Oh, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I decided at that point I will only say politics for the rest of my life. Agreed. I think I'm going to join you in that club. Please do. However... What I learned was how patriarchal the Rasta movement is. Dude, I even just said earlier when we first brought it up, you only I don't see think men. I've ever seen a woman Rastafarian. Well, they're there. And what I came to learn, and this was all over the web, is that it is completely a complementary mindset that women are to submit. They are below a man. Um... And this is your favorite kind of Christian? Well, this is the problem. I actually came into a crisis through this (laughs) research. (laughs) I have to rethink everything now. And I'm not happy about it. Because, I mean, they encourage polygamy for men. But the woman has to remain with the one man who they don't, the men don't actually legally marry. Wow. Yeah, it's really really fucked. So really, your dream is to be a Rastafarian man. It actually is. But then now, <laughs> learning about them, I don't even want to be that. Oh, this is a sad day for you. It it's was. It's like the end of an era. I know. I was really, like, I grieved. I journaled. I spent some time weeping before the Lord. <laughs> but um, their attitude towards women is, like, child carrier. Oh, God. I know. So, just for clarification, yeah. they're no longer your favorite kind of Christian. <sighs> sad but i think it's true it better be i know and then i just started thinking like (laughs) because then you start getting into a legalism you know where it's like this bondage and oppression of the people within the movement the female i just was bummed and then i started thinking about marley and lauren hill that's what i was just gonna bring up and then you think about their lives does this explain lauren's demise yes i literally was just gonna say that I went there too I'm in my so mind. I'm so curious. 
Because Lauryn Hill, obviously, gifted virtuoso mm-hmm. of a vocalist, absolutely stunning musician. and The then, whole world of success at her fingertips. And then she married album. a Marley. Right. Well, maybe married. Oh. And had five, six kids and dropped off the map and pretty much, you know, she's, she's still a legend and a performer, but she's probably experienced some real mind fucks being in the situation she's in or accepted teaching that I who even knows she's never really spoken publicly about it except in the positive I'm just delving into my memory trying to recount anything that I've heard her say and I've anything that I've ever heard her speak about is just the devotion that she has to being a mom but I've never heard her talk about her belief system or really her marriage you know well she's not with him anymore oh and now she's touring for the first time ever or she did yeah I don't know if that coincides that she did the 20th anniversary of miseducation after they separated I don't know the timeline and I don't want to talk shit about Lauren Hill no she will come back hard on a motherfucker <laughs> I, I either one of us are trying to do that we love lauren hill i got no beef i got no beef patties i got nothing oh man so well interesting yeah so yeah. after all of this knowledge that you now possess right what discovery did you make of what is your favorite kind of christian i don't know now you're just floundering in no, the world, I'm just trying like a to fish figure it out. Flopping back and forth <laughs> on the shores, barely breathing as Rastas walk by. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't think that's true. Change your ways. <laughs> there is, there is another type of Christian that you love. Oh, you've got one in mind for me? No. Oh, I just know that you know. And I also loved um, Oswald Chambers, who wrote My Utmost for His Highest. And he was also, he trained at the London School of Art. Oswald Chambers did? Yes. So he was actually a gifted artist and then became an evangelist writer. Mm. And so his perspective, when you read him, he's always so different than most thinkers because he's such a creative-minded person. Mm -hmm. You know, so maybe that's it. Maybe my favorite kind of Christians are creative Christians, truly creative. Mm -hmm. You know, the ones who... they can't help it because they don't they can't see the world any other way and so they still create and it's just different than what christians who aren't as creative but still try to create mm-hmm. produce i'm going I with think creative. we both have spoken i think so. largely on artists yeah all of the people that i venerate and look up to are artists yeah. and lamont and tina fey cre- extremely creative brilliant women right you know and i think what's so moving about Christians like that is that they see they're able to see beauty in the things that the normal eye can't, you know, Correct. like in, in vulnerability and all of these different ways that in God and in God, they can perceive things that the rest of us don't see. And yeah. that's what we all need to hear. Right. You know, we don't want to hear the same recycled trash that means nothing. Mm-hmm. We want real creative voices that are like, oh my gosh, I've seen God for the first time in five years because of something you've said, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And But their creativity in Christianity is, it's hard to find. Yeah, it is. Because it's so cemented. It's so established. 
that when you veer away from what's already done, you're threatening. Well, it's hard to access the abnormal in traditions. I think that's why in different like church experiences, when you do something different, it upsets some people. But it also, it's like stirring because you want to have something, you want to experience something different. I think that's partly why I like traveling because you get out of your norm Mm -hmm. and you see things kind of again for the first time. Well, I heard somebody recently say on a clubhouse, a makeup artist, and I love those conversations because they're makeup artists, but they're still artists. And so most of them are like extremely mm-hmm. creative people and they're, they have like a creative eye and they're thinking about style and the way things look and visuals. And she was saying, the moderator was saying, I don't care if it's a, if it's a super eight motel. If I am out of my house, I feel like I'm having the best experience ever. Mm. I'm traveling and every piece of food I eat, every show I watch, it's like in a new filter that brings a whole experience and like feeling to my my mind and my body and everything. And I was like, 100%, I feel exactly the same way. Right. And if you travel and like, I'm thinking of when I went to South Africa and Mm -hmm. I went to that, um, the, it was like an orphanage for kids who had disabilities. Well, now you're really trumping my super eight story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like talking about visiting a super eight. You're like, when I was in South Africa, like, well, okay, your stories are going to be way better than mine. (laughs) Super eight. A cathedral built out of the mountainside in South me Africa. Of something else I've experienced. <laughs> well, it's actually kind of an amazing story. I, I when we went to South Africa, we went for my husband's work, and my good friend Shay Shay Okese, Shay Shay Okese, <laughs> told me you need to go, and I was like, no, I couldn't possibly. And she was like, you're going, and I was like you know what? I am going. (laughs) And so I went and, um, but I was really determined for some reason to go to a place where kids had been given up because of their disability Mm. and visit Mm -hmm. in the area. I'm not sure why. Well, my daughter has Down syndrome and I'm an interpreter, so I just have some interest in that area. And so I went and found this place that it was a church, it was like a cathedral place, and they had they ran basically when in that area, many times families will give up their children because they can't. Um, I, it seems like too much of a burden, mm. and I arranged to go and visit and see it, and they showed me around, and I ended up hanging out with the group of the most severely disabled kids and the women who took care of them Mm. and when I went in it was so were they nonverbal the children nonverbal they couldn't walk they couldn't I mean they were basically chair bound Mm. and I I was part of their mourning and the women were I mean they were all dressed immaculately I'm talking about the kids and the women we're like, we're, we're about to start massaging them. And these are all African women. All the children were African as well. And they were taking their shoes off and they were just using lotion and massaging their muscles because they mm. couldn't use any of their muscles. Mm-hmm. And they put a bunch of lotion in my hands and suddenly I have a kid's foot in my hand and I'm doing this and I'm, it, I was uncomfortable, obviously, because mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I doing here, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm rubbing this kid's feet and they're talking to each other. And then they looked at me and they were like, would you 
sing to him. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) In your African, in your your Irish accent, you were like, surely. (laughs) I was so, I don't even know. I didn't know how to perceive what was happening to me. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yes, just, they love it when we sing to them. And so it's like, okay. And so I started singing a song, some Christian song, like, and, and really low, I, I don't know even which one I did, but at the end they were like, thank you, your singing is so beautiful, it's so quiet. And then they brought out drums, like little hand drums, mm-hmm. and then they all started, these women like gathered around all the kids and just started singing, like loudly singing worship music over this group of kids. And I was like, I'm in a holy place, Mm. you know, I'm Mm -hmm. seeing something so precious. And they, I mean, it went on like five or six songs. And so I was singing with them and they're, the kids were like looking up. They had the most response that they had during the time they were being sung over. Mm. And um, yeah, it was uh, quite a time. But I left and I I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I was like, okay, bye. They're like, come back at lunchtime. We're going to put them on the floor and massage them again. And I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) I'm leaving. And I like ran pretty much from the place. And I felt so like, ah, like anxious or confused by Mm -hmm. what I just experienced. I don't even know why. Overwhelmed? Probably. And I didn't. So I went and I drove up the mountain, or I think it's called Table Mountain, and I just sat there and smoked. (laughs) I was just like (laughs) smoking and staring out at the town because you could see all of Cape Town and and the ocean and everything. And later when I reflected on it, I was like, what that was for me was like a moment, like when Peter understands that Jesus is God Mm -hmm. and he's in the boat with him Mm -hmm. and he says get away from me because I'm a sinner Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and I just felt like you know there are people giving out their lives daily to children that have been discarded Mm -hmm. in a glorious way of affirming their value and I got to see it Mm -hmm. you know yeah it was amazing that sounds like a sincerely holy experience it was It was. So I guess those women, they're my favorite kind of Christians. Me too. They're like (laughs) saints. (laughs) And they're doing it today, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're doing it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's kind of mind boggling. And then you think about yourself, like, what do I do? Go to Christian yoga. (laughs) Drink coffee. (laughs) Watch TV. Well, as your very wise husband pointed out to me the other day is, you cannot compare we cannot compare ourselves to those women we can't because there's no comparison how gracious of god even that i got to be in the room honestly seriously what a really beautiful experience and how gracious of them to let you in i know it's so it's such a different culture like americans you would have had to go through like a whole background check and your ass never would have been let into a place well like i did that. have to send them some documentation before they'd let me in Oh, well, that's good, because yeah. you could have been really scary. Right. They they did put some preemptive stuff. And really, before they let me into any of the homes, they I met with the person who managed it, and she kind of talked to me before I even went in. I was like, who the fuck are you, and why do you want to come in here? <laughs> so I think, really, what we've been saying in all of this are we love Christians that are able to help us see beauty mm. and touch beauty. 
Mm-hmm. And see God. Those are her favorite kind. Yeah, definitely. The rest? Fuck them. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> GTFO. You could Google it. <laughs> Goodbye. Good luck. Get laid. Get fucked. <laughs> and I think that wraps up another successful show. Do, 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 do. Thanks for coming. Um, we want you to write us with your stories jclikesgirls at gmail.com. Yeah. Please let us know some of your odd stories in the church as a girl. Or anything. Just, you know, a a recipe. Recipe? Sure. I do not want to cook somebody else's recipe. I don't care about your sourdough, okay? All right. Till next time. Peace. Peace.